welcome to Define Normal after a little break. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. I'm happy to be back. There's a lot to discuss. I am so excited to just chat a little bit, give a little update on what I've been up to and what to expect in upcoming episodes. I've been recording with a few friends, which is really fun. I'm looking forward to posting those episodes in the next few weeks. Um, You're going to hear from Elaine, who helped me decorate my apartment and also my last apartment in New York. A few people have asked me how I um, style my apartment and how that came about. So I did an episode with Elaine, my friend Shelly, who's an amazing therapist. Also hearing from my former coworker, Mel, on her egg freezing journey. So those are all things to look forward to. But in the meantime, I just want to talk about what's been going on and what's top of mind for 2023. The first thing that I want to bring up is friendship. I was in town visiting friends and we were sitting at Dumbo House talking and it was mentioned, we were talking about friendship. I have a lot of friends. I have like a big group, college friends, high school friends, home friends, people I used to intern with, people I met at Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. At the time of the conversation, I mean, at this point, it was two years ago, so I'm 27. And my friend Rishi says to me, you know, as you enter your 30s, you're probably not going to have as many friends as you have now. Now me, being who I am, a social butterfly Gemini, I was very much like, "Mm." I mean, I've had some of these friends since the fourth grade. My college roommates, we've been friends for over 10 years at this point, like talk every day on multiple platforms. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, no, like my friends, the friendships are strong. But as I texted him today, perhaps he was right. It's so interesting because I'm okay with friendship evolving, right? Like evolving is part of life. It's my last year in my 20s. I turn 30 in May. I've been thinking about this a lot as my friendships have evolved a lot this year. I am coming to grips with the fact that that's a natural part of life, but also allowing myself the space to kind of mourn and and think about how that affects me and the impact of those relationships shifting. I would say the first thing is how we communicate with each other. Like I tweeted the other day, one of my mantras for this year is saying the quiet part out loud. And I don't want people to confuse that with being mean, telling the truth in order to hurt people's feelings. Like that's not really the vibe. I just think in a lot of situations, we know exactly what we want to say and exactly what would not even rectify the situation, but what the truth is, what we're really talking about. And I know for me personally, there are often times where my inner Libra shows and I want there to be balance and I don't want there to be drama. So I don't say what I'm really, truly thinking. I might kind of say it, but I'm like, mm, like, let's not, you know, let's not get too crazy. So anyway, how that ties into friendship is like, in a lot of these issues I've had with friends as I'm kind of in this era of like some friendships are kind of phasing out or they're changing is like how we communicate with each other. I think we are all kind of learning to say the quiet part out loud. So people are probably not going to get there, but it's like, for me, you can be upset. I think in friendships, like if someone does something to me, I'm upset at times. And if I do something to someone, I hope that they're also feeling comfortable enough to like sit in those feelings. I think where we all lose each other is how being upset manifests, right? So I know myself, I have a very avoidant attachment style. If you irritate me, I will usually just separate from you. Like I'll avoid you. I don't want to talk to you. Like at least for a period of time, I'm avoiding you. Eventually I will circle back and I will 
bring up what I'm upset about, usually in a pretty direct manner, but there will be a period of avoidance. Like I just need a minute to like get away from you and like conceptualize what just happened. After the avoidance, I do want to talk about it though. And I'm going to be honest and I'm going to share my feelings. But what I'm realizing lately in friendship is that people want to be mad about what they're mad about and leave that as the truth when there are two truths and not circle back to their friends and discuss and I've had this happen to multiple friends. It's weird. Like we're kind of all going through, which, you know, I guess is a natural progression. We're all kind of going through it with different friendships where it's like, wait, we didn't have the conversation. And I think that's a really hard part of friendship because for me, if I hold you in really close regard and a really high regard and you're one of my close friends, I want to have the conversation. If I upset you, you have to tell me. If you upset me, I'm going to tell you. People struggle with that they struggle with the ability to come to their friends and be like, Hey, this upset me. Or like, Hey, I'm struggling with this. And when they do, it's a lot of like, okay, I'm upset about this. Therefore I need you to do this. And I think what's interesting about adult friendships. And as I change is when I was younger, I was quicker to, you know, kind of adhere to whatever the friend was saying, like it upset me when you did this. So like, can you please not do this? And now as an older person, I'm kind of like, yeah, but like, do I want to change that thing? And so it kind of balances the friendship where it's like, okay, I did something that upset you. Why did I do that? And like, is the right step for me personally, not our friendship, me personally to change what I did? Is that like, what do I, what do I want often is what comes up. And the ability to have those conversations is really mature. And I realize like, we're not all there yet, but that's been a really hard part of friendship. Cause I think for some people, their natural emotional um, reaction is to pretend like it's not happening or avoid or not say the quiet part out loud because they don't want to get into an altercation, right? They don't want to, they don't want to make it dramatic. So they don't say exactly what is bothering them. And anyway, it just gets messy. And I think for me, like what I'm also learning about friendships and I wrote this down in my vision for 2023 is I want to be in friendships and in community with people who can show up for me like I show up for them. I'm incredibly high functioning. I I mean, I will not elaborate on that. I'm just incredibly high functioning and I'm like always I'm showing up for my friends. I'm answering texts. I'm do I'm hosting people. I'm flying to friends. I'm, I'm that friend. But that friend always, you know, that friend needs other people to be that friend for them. And I recently called my mom to complain about something as one does. And she was like, you know, I was talking to your godmother recently and I was asking her, who does Shelby go to? I wonder who Shelby shares these things with because she knows I'm like the mom of my friend group. People come to me with their problems. People want to talk through what's going on in their lives with me and like want advice and support, which I'm happy to do. Like that's part of my personality. I'm not stretching to do that. That's just who I am. But I think what's hard about that is as I get older, I do need that support from other people. I do need other people who do that for me. And I've had the pleasure and privilege of meeting people who are able to meet me there. But as I get older, some of those friends I'm shedding are friends who accept that performance for me, but don't do the same in return. And I think I'm no longer interested in like mothering people. That was my role for a multitude of reasons growing up. And I think as I get into the next stage of my life, I don't want to mother my friends. I want to feel supported and I want to support them. And I want to be made aware of when I'm falling short, but I don't have an interest in 
being there for them, supporting them, and then not really getting the exact same in return or something similar in return. I mean, relationships are weird. It's like not always going to be 50-50. The realization of my 30s or almost 30s have been some of these friendships, like when I'm performing how they want me to perform, all is well and good. The second that I do something that's not exactly aligned with the programming, we have an issue. And I don't feel like those issues have always been handled with grace, which people fall short. But I think the most important thing for me in friendship and relationships is like, if I hold you in a high regard, we're in it together. So even in times of conflict, baseline, you and I are in in it together. And how we speak to each other should be a reflection of that. We care about each other. You matter to me. There is going to be a baseline of respect. There's going to be a baseline of I'm assuming you have good intent because I love you and you love me. If we don't agree on that, we probably shouldn't be friends. I'm not maliciously doing anything to people who I really love. And I assume that you're not maliciously doing anything to me. Now, does that mean that we don't fall short? We don't get mad at each other? No. But when that happens, all the difference is made in how that is handled, right? My mom always tells me conflict doesn't exist in a box. I'm very specific about how conflict goes. So I'm learning, but I also am like, if you're mad at someone, you have to still be respectful. Like that's if we love each other and we're close, you still need to be respectful. You don't get to treat people however you want to treat them just because you're upset. They don't have to accept that. And I think that's been a lesson that's paramount for me, but I don't think that everyone understands that. And so it's been interesting to like navigate that in friendship when things go wrong, how people show up, when expectations aren't met, how are people how do people show up? And It's important that you show up with love and respect and care. And if you don't, it's very likely that I'm not interested in the friendship. So that's been a really interesting thing to navigate as we step into 2023, because there are friendships that I've had to reevaluate and there are situations where like, maybe I didn't show up the best, but also working through that and making sure I make the effort to reach out and check in and see what's up. I mean, those are, those are some deep thoughts where we're in 10 minutes in and I'm like, yes, friendship. That's what I think. But I want to zoom out a little bit and talk about vision writing. So I did, I talked a little bit about vision writing last year, but I hosted a vision writing session with a few friends this past weekend. We did the year compass booklet that I saw posted on TikTok by a creator and I printed it out. We had dinner, we wrote some of our visions and shared some of them together I recommend um, whether you use your compass or you do vision boards with like magazine clip outs and poster board, like do that with your friends. It's really cool to hear what people are working on for 2023 and how you can support them and just like giving each other feedback, hearing each other's thoughts. And it was a really, really, really great experience. So I would recommend that. But I was thinking about what do I want for the upcoming year? And I'm not going to read my full vision, but I just am kind of like thinking out loud about a few things that really matter to me. And like the reason the friendship thing is so paramount is it's community. Something I wrote about in my vision is I want to continue to live the life that I want to live, which believe it or not, keeps getting harder as I get older. I've spoken about this a lot on the podcast, but I'm originally from the Midwest. In the Midwest, when you become 30 and above, if you are not married with children or own a home. If you don't have two out of those three things, you are like, what are you doing? And although I haven't lived in the Midwest in at this point, what, like since 2015, I still kind of in the back of my head sometimes I'm like, 
I know I don't want those things in this moment, but like when I think about what's going on at home and like, I obviously still have a lot of friends from the Midwest. I kind of, am like, am I doing the right thing? Is my life weird? And I mean, obviously that goes back to the whole name of the podcast, Define Normal, but I wrote that I hope to continue to live the life I want, even in moments of friction, because I think sometimes it is met with friction, not because people disagree, but just like, that's the norm, right? Like the Midwest, the South, coastal cities are a little different. I have a friend from Jersey who was saying to me, like, none of my friends are getting married. And he's 27. He's like, no, that's not happening because he's from the East Coast. But like being from the South, being from the Midwest, it is very much like, okay, time to get married, time to, time to like own a home, time to think about children, like family planning. And like, I have zero out of the three completed, but I'm actually not sad about my life. I love living in New York. And I also, in a lot of ways, feel like it's just getting started. The life I dreamed about when I first moved here, my friend Sarah reminds me of like, I'm living it. When I first moved to New York in college, we did the semester and then a summer junior year. And I remember being like, oh yeah, this is it. Like bright lights, big city, like, you know, whatever, like movie scene of like, she sees New York and she's like, I'm obsessed. Obviously obsessed, still live here. But the life I lived here post-grad was actually not my dream life. I lived with two roommates who were great. And I worked at Condé Nast, not making a ton of money. I hung out with mostly like girls who I went to Kent with. It wasn't really like a lot of new friends. Met some people at work, weren't super close to them yet. Like just kind of navigating life with people who also went to Kent and were Ohio transplants, which, you know, how to put this politely, the lifestyle was like rather basic. It was like going out to West Village bars. It was like off the wagon, like it was maybe sometimes the occasional club appearance with a promoter. And it was just kind of like, no, like that's not what I want to do. When I first moved here, I was like, this is where I want to be, but I'm not like living the life I want to live. And the life I wanted to live was a community with like-minded people, a diverse community, something that felt more like, like I could be myself. And I think within the community, when I first lived here, I was very performative. It was like, I still have to be Ohio Shelby, like into the same things. Like my friend group's mostly white. We go to spaces that are mostly white. In New York City, I just have to say this, if you're going to a space that's all white in New York City, something's off. We're in New York City. There's diversity everywhere. Why are there only white people in this bar? Like if the only black person in the bar is me and then like the security or door guy, it's not for me. I don't want to be there. So there was a lot of that. And you know, having friends who were well-meaning, like they weren't trying to make my experience negative. I just think they didn't conceptualize like, okay, maybe this isn't fun for Shelby. And I really didn't have the language to, I didn't have the language to even bring that up myself. Like I didn't have the language to even talk about it. It was just a lot to work through, but fast forward, that was 2016. Fast forward to 2023. Like I live the exact life I want in New York. I live alone in Brooklyn. I have amazing friends who have similar interests and goals. And then I have friends who have different interests and goals, but teach me a lot and understand where I'm coming from. I feel like I can be exactly who I am and it's encouraged. And it's amazing how much growth has come from just kind of sticking it out, giving myself the opportunity to kind of like let things shift, hanging out less with like friends who I went to college with, which I love my college friends, especially like my core group. We speak every day, but I think like I really needed for the first time in my life to experience a friend group that like was more similar to me in race and like thoughts and like 
I don't know, just different things like that. And so having that as an option in addition to having my friends from Ohio has been really helpful just because I needed that like support of people who understood my experiences. And I think I, just because I didn't really have that, I don't think I realized like how paramount that was. And so I've just been thinking about that a lot. Like my vision is to keep building on that. Like, I feel like it's just getting good. Like I'm, I've just met some amazing people who really understand what I want and they're working on some really cool stuff. And I feel like I'm in an incubator with my friends right now. Like people are starting businesses, people have these crazy ideas and we're all supporting each other and building together. But it is this kind of like, we have all these crazy ideas that have nothing to do with getting married and and having kids and buying homes. Not to say I don't want those things, but that's like not my primary focus right now. The critique used to be like, oh, you're so focused on your career. You're so career minded. And honestly, like, I don't know that that's the case because another one of my goals for 2022 or 2023 is to not have a nine to five at the end of it. Like at the end of 2023, I would love to work for myself. I would love to podcast full time. I am still writing a book. I'll get to that in a bit. I would love that to be how I make money, not clocking into a job every day. So it's just, it's fun to feel like I'm in a like-minded community of people who kind of like are going through what I'm going through. Obviously it's cool to have friends with a different perspective. Like two of my closest friends have moved back to Ohio and they've bought places and they're kind of navigating like being back you know, in the Midwest after being in New York for so long. And it's interesting to hear their perspectives and what they like and don't like about it. But, you know, either way, I'm not the friend who's returning back to the Midwest and doing those things. So it's been really important for me to find, as so many people I know from Ohio are starting to kind of make that transition back and find people who I really can feel in close community with here and continue to feel supported. So a long rant to basically say, (laughs) I want to continue building that. And I go on these manifestation walks, words walk and listen to music, but like visualize and think about things that I want. Uh, Something that comes up a lot is I live in Brooklyn and I live around a lot of brownstones. So I do my like walk and I manifest when I'll own a brownstone. And if you don't follow on Instagram, brownstone boys, they, um, actually renovate all these brownstones around Brooklyn. My dream is also for them to do the renovation. (laughs) So I dream about that, owning Brownstone in New York City with my like chosen New York City family, but also enough space for my friends and family who don't live in New York to come visit and stay with me, not living in a one-bedroom apartment. So that's what I think about when my dream life comes up. I don't really think about children and like a husband and all that. And not to say I don't want those things, but I just think about the life, like things I already have and how I can continue to build that on a dream life, not thinking about what society thinks I should have and including that in my dream life. So that's, uh, you know, that's kind of top of mind. I also want to talk a little bit about the book. I am still writing. I'm actually going to a writing retreat this weekend in the Catskills. So getting a little bit of one-on-one time with Georgia, who's leading the retreat, who's also an author and hearing her feedback is going to be awesome. I'm excited. Some edits. And just like time in a clear space to write. I have been also reading a lot this year just to kind of, you know, see how other people's memoirs are going. How do I like the structure and other people's storytelling? I just, I love memoirs and I'm writing one has been really interesting. I actually got asked the question, do I think I'm old enough to write a memoir? Which makes me laugh. I think about that um, often. I, th- I think the irony is almost every memoir I've read, the person has been under 35. So... <laughs> 
I am fascinated by everyone's stories. I think I don't have to justify it, but I think so many of us have interesting stories. It doesn't really matter that they haven't lived 50 plus years. Like, I mean, I think my story is fascinating at 29. So I will let you all be the judge of that, but I'm still writing the book. I'm going on a writing retreat. It will be done this year. I'm really excited to share it and talk more about it and then, you know, see what I can do with it. What else I've been thinking about is like travel. This year was the year of like so much revenge traveling because we were all sitting at home for most of the pandemic. This year I traveled more than I probably, I've been on more flights this year than I've been in a year my whole life. I officially hit Delta Platinum status, Ooh, but yeah, that was entirely too much flying. So now that I'm saying that, I actually want to fly less. It's a goal of mine to be in New York more during 2023. Shout out to all the weddings. Like I travel for work, but like also people in their weddings <laughs> and I'm hype. Actually, it's so much fun celebrating friends and like going as a plus one to many weddings this year. Like I had a blast, but not being in New York. I don't like not being here. And so I want to make it a point to spend more time here, which means less flying because I I have these months sometimes where like September is one of them. Like I think I was gone three weekends in September and then like a week for work. So I basically didn't live here and living out of a suitcase, eating out all the time. Like I'm not really regular in my workouts. I don't like, it's just a mess. So for my routine and sanity, I'm trying to stay in New York more this year You know, so far the schedule looks less busy than last year, but we're going to see. Also, I'm doing dry January. It's my first dry January ever. I've been thinking a lot about my relationship with alcohol. I'm actually not a big drinker. If you know me well, you've probably seen me drunk. If you've known me for, if you did not know me in college, you've probably seen me drunk less than a handful of times. If you knew me in college, you should just mind your business. But otherwise, (laughs) like I'm not huge on getting super drunk. Drinks in New York are $20 each and just like, I don't know, that's just not really my thing. So, but what gets me in trouble is like the dinner drinking. Like you go out to dinner, you have a couple of cocktails, they were $20. Your food was like $30 and you're like, now I've spent $50 to eat like some appetizers and have a couple of drinks. And like, why? Like my friends and I will sit on FaceTime for hours completely sober, just talking about life. Why is it when we suddenly get into a bar, we're like, ooh. And now we have to spend all this money on drinking when like I just talk to you in, the, in like the light of day for hours with no alcohol. So I'm kind of like reframing. Like I don't need to drink every time I'm with my friends. Every hangout doesn't need to be at a bar because I just, I like talking to them sober. Like <laughs> I'm completely fine to do that. And I, sometimes I feel like I'm just throwing money away. Like I got a cocktail last week that like, wasn't even good and it was very much $22. So I am going to stop drinking for the month of January and then see how I feel after. Honestly, when I did the episode with Aubrey, I was a little sober curious because I've always been like the friend who doesn't love getting super drunk. The in-between of drinking and not drinking, like on the one hand, I don't want to be too like binary, like you will never drink again because I don't think it's that serious for me. Like I don't have an issue with alcoholism. I just... If I'm not getting joy from it, it's kind of like, why am I doing it type of things? feels like one of those things I started doing just because it is the norm. Like, I don't know that I really love drinking. So I'm trying to, like, understand why I do it, my motivations, and, like, when I'm not doing it, what do I feel and how do I feel? Because during COVID, I didn't drink. And I've been thinking about the COVID era a lot, like, height of the pandemic. We're all, like, trapped in the house, wherever location you were. I was living with my parents. And, like, I thought about the things... 
I did when the world was shut down, basically. Like when I had all the time in the world, what was I doing? I was podcasting. I was talking to the people who I love, whether it be my family who was in the house with me or like FaceTiming friends. I was walking every day. I was working out every day. I was baking. That brought me a lot of joy. I never really drank during the pandemic. We didn't have like a big wine family where we were like drinking cases of wine and like getting drunk all the time. Like we weren't really drinking during the pandemic. So I, and I was fine with that. Like I didn't miss it. If anything, when I think about not drinking, what always gets me is I love going out. Like I love like hearing music out. I love a good DJ in a dark club in New York kind of vibe, not a literal club, but like bar. Like we're not going to one Oak in 2023 kind of thing, but more like we're at a fun bar in Brooklyn. The music's good. Like vibes. Like I love that. I love to just dance around until four in the morning. Most of the time, a lot of drinks are involved in that. So I'm like, do I love dancing so much that I would dance sober? The answer is yes. Like I, that's why I was so obsessed with 305. Like the dance, like the dance workout class, it literally was a live DJ in a class where you just danced to loud music. That just gives me energy. I think it's fun. That's the only thing that really kind of makes me rethink my relationship with alcohol when I'm like, ooh, like what is the vibe when you're out of like a sweaty bar and everyone's dancing and you're sober and like, what's the vibe? And so obviously I have been sober in those spaces, but usually not intentionally. So it's, that's something to think about. That's just something I'm unpacking with myself. Like what's, what's the relationship with alcohol? What's the vibe? I don't know. I feel like this year, it's the last year of my 20s. It's a lot. There's just like a lot to think about. Like what are the habits that I want to bring with me into my 30s? And what are the habits that I don't? I spoke about discipline and I need to just like keep carrying that into 2023. There's a lot of stuff that I do only when I feel like it. And that's not really how you build a habit. And so I'm trying to work through like not relying so much on my emotions to drive what I do and just do things because I need to do them and they would make my life better. So that's something I'm working through. And also just like being more shameless. Some people on the internet could use more shame. Like I'll elaborate on that in another episode. We just like don't easily embarrass anymore. There's some stuff that I see online. I'm like, oh my God, I think I would have taken that to my grave, but I literally just watched a TikTok about it. But (laughs) I think that for me, shamelessness means just like putting yourself out there more. I think there's a lot of shame of like being on, being too much on the internet, sharing your thoughts too much. Like even having this podcast, there was some shame in it for me because I'm like, am I interesting enough to like have a podcast where I'm giving my thoughts? Do people care enough about my thoughts? And then I posted over 40 episodes and people all over the world are listening to it. And strangers who I've never even met were in my DMs. Like, I love your podcast. I met people through the podcast, grabbed dinner with people through the podcast, like hung out, became friends with people through sharing my ideas on the internet. So the shamelessness for me is like continuing to see myself, how other people see me and be honest about like the gifts I have, the things I have to share, the conversations I'm able to have with people, my interviewing skills, like continuing to develop and hone in on those skills, but also like honor the fact that I have them and shamelessly be able to say that. I've been TikToking, humbling. I've been like making a couple of TikToks. If you want to check that out, I'm not posting them because I'm not shameless enough for that yet. But I don't know. I don't know what what it is that makes me feel awkward about telling people that I'm like talking to the internet because I've always been internet obsessed. But 
there's you know people make it weird especially as we get older they're like she's making tiktoks like so weird or like she thinks she can write a book she like and it's just kind of like i don't really care what those people think but it does mess with the shame of like posting and like talking about your stuff and like really just promoting yourself so i'm working on that i'm working on just being like no like this is what i do and i'm good at it so it's a little a little encouragement for myself on the podcast yeah, those are the things that are top of mind. Happy New Year to you. I'm excited to keep sharing episodes and happy first day of work if you're listening on your first day back. I'm just wishing you all the best year yet. Dream really big, set goals that are seem beyond reach and just put it all out into the universe because so much has happened that I couldn't have even dreamed that would come true. And it's, you know, better than my wildest dreams. So continue to manifest. Thank you for listening to another episode of Define Normal. If you like the episode or have any feedback for me, please leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Define Normal. See you next week.